Josh, Rachel, are you there? Hello? Look, I, I know I haven't recorded with you in a really long time, and I'm sorry about that, but, you know, it, it just happens sometime in podcasting, and look, I know I should have given you a lot more priority in, in you know, scheduling reviews with you, but it's, it's something we can both understand, right? Like, we can move past this. Please, Josh, Rachel, just answer my call. Tell me you forgive me. Okay, Michael, I forgive you. Ryan! Hello, and welcome to AIO Audio News. I'm Ryan Matlock. <laughs> and I'm Michael LaFaver, and today we're back with another episode review of um, I recently released the return, not return, the Harley Takes the Case review, and at the end of that, I said, we'll be back next time reviewing uh, The Right Choice Part 1, and I, I did not, that's not a mistake, because that's our old, old review, we're actually doing that this review. So, Woo-hoo. that'll, this is, okay, For off the bat, Ryan, thoughts on this episode? Positive? I love it. I love Same. it. And I know, see, it's only one part in the past. Uh, this is the disclaimer yeah. where we say this is a multi-parter that we're reviewing and so we can't truly say that this is a great episode that well, has a good f- start and finish but this this one wasn't that bad it was actually really good as its own episode despite being un- inconclusive yeah you say that I've, i'm starting to see that with the ties that bind but i didn't say that with revelations i would say part one really stands out from the other two parts additionally with this because I, I made my top 50 list of Odyssey episodes, and I think I'm going to have to go back and rework that because I adore this episode. This is so, so good. It's got to be one of my favorites. It's got to be up there, like, top it's top five, I would say. I would yeah. Say. This is brilliant. It's good. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so, without further ado, let, you want to just start this thing? Let's just do that. Yeah, yes. let's do it. Um, this is episode 362, The Right Choice Part 1, written, directed by Paul McCusker. Uh, sound design by Mark Drury, and I think it's directed by McCusker. I'm not sure. Music by John Campbell. And previously, where we had left it, um, Wit was Wit was staying in the Middle East with Eugene, and Jason had come back to the States. And this episode starts off with Wit and Eugene arriving in O'Hare. I think is the airport. They're in Chicago, basically. And Wit and Jason are talking, and they're uh, kind of setting the scene for the airport yeah yeah and i'm gonna i'm just gonna say right off the bat the conversation i appreciate because it sounds so real like Mm -hmm. they're not talking about much that pertains to the episode itself but it does sound like a conversation between wit and his son that's not intensely expositional in a bad way yeah it feels a lot like I'm, i'm getting a lot of search for wit part one vibes where we're setting up the stage and we're hearing Jason again and Jason's voice is great and his interaction with Wit is great. It's just, a, it's a small sort of feel that, again, gets us used to this is the story so far. And we don't even see Eugene until it transitions to him on the phones, which makes you think, okay, is this story about Eugene? Well, part one is entirely about Eugene. We don't hear anything about Wit and Jason. We hear little bits and pieces of what they're going to be doing later. But I do like this this intro. Um, it, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. So... Wit's got some huge suitcases, and immigration in New York said they were asking him a bunch of questions about it. And I didn't remember there being multiple references to the suitcases when I was listening through. And I was pleasantly amused when, like, he says it once, he's like, what's in here? And then he picks up a second suitcase later, he's like, okay. <laughs> Jonah and the whale. And Wit's right. like, just the lost city of Nineveh. It's it's funny. Apollo and goes great. And then... Mm-hmm. They're, uh, this is, this is what I like. They're talking about Eugene and about, uh, Jason's like, well, Eugene went for that long without talking to Katrina. And, uh, Wit says he sent postcards to Katrina every day, which that's really sweet. That is sweet. 
And Jason's like, well, he must have broken out in hives. Well, he had a rash or two, but I blame that on his camel riding. So, yes. Um, <laughs> and then they walk up to Eugene, and this is a great description of audio because Jason hasn't seen um, Eugene yet. And Wit says, there he is by the phones. That's Eugene. And I can yes. imagine. I'm trying, I'm trying to imagine Eugene with a tan. <laughs> like a really deep tan and not and a that's sunburn just weird to me <laughs> like dip more tan than the the cover of album 27 yeah yeah because <laughs> i think like the count the cover of album 27 he's supposed to be in the search for wit which is before this yeah like not tan. so so more than that and plus he has those coke bottle glasses so like <laughs> what what kind of tan lines is eugene rocking <laughs> wait how did he get uh, because he's also in the caftan so was he wearing yes. like a, a polo and khaki shorts all this time <laughs> and now he's wearing the calf now he, <laughs> he got okay. a lot of sun except he was also wearing stuff that keeps you from getting sun the entire time <laughs> no he you know his hair is still down in front of his eyes this whole time so lift up his hair yes. <laughs> there's just a tan yeah line lift right up there. his hair and there's half of his head is just not tan at all <laughs> all right well he's talking on the phone uh, he's trying to find Katrina because he seemingly can't contact her. This is the beginning of the conflict. The moment where Eugene in his jet-lagged state starts to see, okay, there's something going wrong here. And I have a huge thing about who's responsible for all of this, what the emotions mean, whether they're actually justified, whose reactions are justified. This is the beginning of it. Eugene is seeing, okay, there's something not normal here. I was expecting Katrina. I'm not getting Katrina. So using the one brain cell he has left from the trip, um, and, and you know, I find Eugene extremely, extremely relatable all throughout this whole thing because I'm like, I, I can see exactly where his thought process is going. I can see exactly why he would think that at this particular time. And, and the story beats also the information that he gets is really, um, it's reasonable. Not, maybe not yeah. reasonable, but I can understand why he would think that. It's so clear to me. Maybe it's just because yeah. I'm a guy and I'm not Katrina. I don't know. No, no, it makes plenty of sense. I kind of relate to both of them. Like, they both make sense in their reactions. Eugene jumping to these conclusions, but they're reasonable conclusions given the limited information that's coming through the phone. Mm -hmm. And it's actually crazy because as you listen, there are plenty of opportunities to clarify. for clarification. Yeah. Like, but they don't yeah. get taken because Eugene is passing out from jet lag. <laughs> no, exactly. And I thought that's a great way to close up a plot hole where one criticism of this episode has no plot holes. This is so good. There could have been a plot hole like, well, maybe they should have asked to clarify about that. But they're given the opportunity to clarify. The receptionist says, or the phone, the girl on the phone says, Yeah, I they're can like, do you want to talk to the minister? And, and Jason's like, no, like, I don't nah. think so. Yeah, it's there, but they choose not to take it, which is an oversight in Jason's part, too. And yeah. Um, and throughout all of the, we, we've kind of glossed over it, but Eugene, call, you, everyone listening should already know this by now. Eugene calls Janice Mitchell, who is Katrina's roommate, who works at a university, at the university bookstore in Chicago. And there's a guy who answers, and I like, there's a little cameo from him. He's like, Janice, pick up on line one. And then we transfer over to Janice. Um, and she's like, well, Katrina went up to the Lakeshore Lodge. And Eugene's initially disappointed. And he's like, yeah, that, that'd be a great place to go. And then we hear brandon in the episode or the first time in the episode we hear his name and this is the point where eugene starts connecting hmm katrina's not here brandon is there i know brandon because the last time i actually talked to katrina in person she said that she was dating brandon and that she didn't know if she loved me that was oof that, because I went back and I listened to the end of Love is in the Air Part 2. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, again, it's so good. 
also partly because Eugene's line, where does that leave us, is the exact, I, di- I didn't realize this, exact same line I used uh, when I defined the relationship back in October. And I was like, wait, <laughs> did I rip off Eugene? What is this? Because it's, I don't know. You are Eugene. You've always been Eugene. Wait, I'm Eugene? Always, always have, have been. been. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then th- there are little lines here and there that uh, reference back to this, where Jason says, if you love him, then you should be together, right? When... Katrina's at the airport and I I think well maybe she's having second thoughts about that I don't know how much did Jason tell him tell yeah tell Eugene about what he told her and then Katrina says I'll come back to Eugene as soon as I finish my term at the university that is again things that Eugene maybe should remember but didn't exactly remember in that moment and the point here is that it's excellent relationship drama because and I think I can defend Eugene a bit more here because Yes, it's coming across as mistrust on Katrina, but since the rival has now entered the picture, Brandon, Eugene is on the defensive, like, oh, what did Brandon do? I don't know Brandon, I don't trust Brandon, and so maybe he did this, and he's not he's not making the connection that, well, Katrina has, be- like, Katrina's betrayed me. He's making the connection, well, Brandon must have done something, and he's not going to that conclusion. Although that is the conclusion, his jet lag mind just isn't taking him there. Does that all make sense? Yes, it does. Right, and... That's also something I've been thinking about too. Like, if I were in this situation, what would I think? And I would, and honestly, this episode has been excellent, wonderful for as a cautionary tale. Like, okay, don't jump to conclusions like this. Actually, don't think fly about on planes. <laughs> no, planes are great. I love planes. They make you crazy. <laughs> How I do is nothing great. <laughs> Made, crazy. My, my brain has turned to oatmeal. Jason, it can't be tied up in knots and turned to oatmeal at the same time. Eugene, drop it. <laughs> J- Eugene, uh, Jason, your brain can't be tied up and turned to oatmeal at the same time. <laughs> Eugene, two episodes later. <laughs> what am I going to do? Wedding party! Blah! <laughs> I love that uh, that line from Eugene later on. Well, uh, I'll get there in a minute. But um, I also like when Eugene's talking to Janice and in the background she's saying, yeah, sure, why wouldn't they go to Lake Shore Lodge? It's a nice place. It's good phone sound effects and it's not breaking up the conversation too much. And then we transition, quick cut back to Eugene and Jason. No, sorry, Wit and Jason who are listening. And, J- and Wit's like, who's Brandon? And Jason says, arrival. arrival. And it's short. It's really short, like four words that tell us exactly what's going on in case – you weren't clued in. It's right. it's very similar to what actual dialogue would sound like. I love it a lot. I appreciate it also because I don't remember if I heard this episode before or after the rest of the saga. Because when I was listening through around this section of Adventures in Odyssey, um, it was on tapes yeah. that I got from my mom. And her collection was very disorganized. <laughs> tapes were in wrong albums. Tapes were not necessarily in the right order and this was before i discovered aio wiki so i was just going off of what the back of the boxes said and so i don't think i necessarily listened to this before or after love is in the air but it doesn't matter because it gives enough context within itself right it's a self even part one is a self-contained episode you know everything about the characters you know where eugene's been you know what his history's been with katrina kind of there's not all the lines from Love is in the Air and The Turning Point that are probably necessary to understand what's going on here uh, on a deeper level, but you get the gist of the story, and the story's still great. I love that about this. Yeah. And um, also, real quick about listening to the episode, one reason I love this episode so much is because I heard part one on CD and when I was younger, and then I lost the CD 
and I didn't oh, no. get to hear part two for like a year and a half. And then I finally heard part two. I was like, oh, so that's how it ends. So gotcha. it was really, it was crazy. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, but I have, I have great memories of this episode as well. I, I have fond memories too, and I look forward to sharing about some of them when we get to the right scenes, because there's okay. some memories. They're not even necessarily like of the episode. It's of things that happened during the episode in real life for me. Interesting. I have weird memories like that. Like I remember my family was driving on a road, and I was looking down into like this, I don't know if it was an embankment or a valley or something like that, and I remember mission a mission for Jimmy was playing in the background. That's my memory nice. of like the scene where they're in the in the the truck and Jimmy's like why and then he gets hit in the head with the branch that like that <laughs> specific line I remember okay I remember exactly what I was looking at when I'm doing that and then yeah I don't know random things anyway I love Odyssey because like I listened to it so much through my childhood that I do have audiovisual memories like yeah. that too like mo- most of it is actually of playing video games because <laughs> <laughs> I played video games a lot while I was listening to Odyssey but sometimes it's like other things like maybe. I think there was one section of my life where I was building with Legos a lot. And yeah. there's certain uh, there's certain episodes of Odyssey where I'll get these flashback memories just because I'm listening to the same part. Exactly. I I was building this Toy Story 3 set back in 2010 and listening to it was my birthday and for some reason I was listening to Here Today Gone Tomorrow and the scene where Mr. Charles is like uh it's also the sweet taste of revenge and i'm like okay <laughs> this is cool it's 10 nice. o'clock at night i need to be going to bed but it's my birthday so i'm gonna stay up late and build legos and then this summer i was listening to discovery mountain have you heard of that it's a uh, um uh, another no. audio drama no i haven't it's okay um and i was listening through it while i was playing minecraft and just like building a skyscraper and so i remember uh yeah. doing this really grindy grinding part of the build and listening to discovery mountain in the background and i can say okay while i was building this part i was listening to this episode and it's it's really funny that's fun yeah um and then eugene hears from janice what's wrong with going alone if i were engaged i'd want to go alone and eugene's like what would you please repeat that lest i misunderstand and succumb to an aneurysm such such, a great line i know and then right after that janice is like well look something big's been going on between them for the past couple weeks and they went to late your lodge i mean katrina said something about an engagement and so Here's here's another thing of well no I'll I'll say that for later the miscommunications keep, just keep coming here but yeah yeah uh-huh. I think Janice is mostly to blame for everything no that no comes from this no 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 there's someone else to blame and I'll Jason as well yes yes I'll but just Janice talk, let me just talk about starts that starts right. it let me just talk about it right here so Janice. Genesis, I would say she's innocent. She has no idea what's going on. All she knows is what she's heard from Katrina. Yes, but she says that she's engaged, or she basically implies that without having that information. Okay, okay. So she sets Eugene on edge, at least, but Eugene isn't going to do anything rash. He's not mistrusting her yet. It's all internal, but we're hearing it because he trusts Jason and Wit, and he's giving his emotions to them. He's helping, they're helping him process through it. So I'll just jump ahead if you're cool with that because I want to talk about it now. Sure. I wrote down in my notes, um, this whole thing is Jason's fault for toying with yes. Eugene. And uh, I'll get to again, I'll get to the end and say if it was good or bad that it happened. But Jason is the point where he says, well, you should go interrupt the wedding. That is exactly what his idea is here. I don't think there's any other interpretation for it because Wit, Wit says – you, you know you just sent Eugene to crash somebody else's wedding, and you, Jason's like, oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? And mm-hmm. Jason presumably is in fine mental faculty, but Eugene is asking, what do I do? What am I going to do? And Jason plants the idea, well, 
if she is getting married, then you need to go stop her. You need to go show her that you love her. That is exactly what Eugene does, and that's exactly what Katrina has a problem with. And it frustrates me a little bit that that happened because of Jason. But at, at the same time, eh, I don't know. I don't know, you know. I'm trying to figure yeah, out whether how, it, how responsible he is. It It's not necessarily that he's fully irresponsible. It very much fits Jason's character to do this because Picks up he's Eugene, the kind of Spikes per- him into the floor. <laughs> picks up eugene's relationship and spikes it over (laughs) okay but your relationship stale (laughs) no but jason jason is the kind of person to leap into action as soon as he has literally any information that gives him any a feeling that he could go on his instincts and succeed at something. Right, right. We, I mean, like, we kind of saw he, that in Love Is in the Air Part Two, where he was like, "Yeah, you gotta quit the agency, Tasha. I don't, I don't care. We're we're just gonna we're just gonna do it impulsively." You know? Yeah, that and in a name, not a number, or even in the Blackguard Chronicles, like any time that he gets intel on the enemy, he leaps into action immediately. He's like, "Oh, this is where Tasha is. Let's go. Just the two of us. We'll yeah. totally be able to take them all down together." What? <laughs> okay yeah and th- no that's that fits. And, and it's the thing about i was i've actually been watching the clone wars lately i, I think i've been telling you Ooh. this over recording have i have i told have i, said this I don't know that you've mentioned it but that's cool because yeah. i only very recently like within the past year actually watched through all of it and oh okay i missed so much somebody spoiled me on both the mandalorian and the ending of the clone wars i'm so uh, frustrated about that but um do i need to go take care of someone for you yes (laughs) (laughs) walks out boom (laughs) spikes them into the floor (laughs) okay um but uh one part of it is anakin's apprentice ahsoka tano has Mm -hmm. um a character uh i guess a character pattern that she goes through in season one and uh, sort of season two it's there is a good conclusion to it in season one or uh in uh the episode is storm over ryloth where she has the uh the fleet with her and she acts impulsively and then half of her fleet is destroyed you remember that episode yeah i do so before then, there are other episodes where she'll be doing something or where she'll get an idea of, hey, maybe I should do this. And then she remembers, no, no, master so-and-so told me to stay behind and not do it. And she says, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And then she goes and does it. And then she's rewarded for it because it was actually the right thing to do. So I'm like this pattern of acting impulsively or going against authority and then being rewarded for it is a psychological game. And I don't like it because it sets you up for a lot of, I guess, bad things later on. And so yeah. with Jason, the fact that he, and this was brought out in um, the last resort where there are a lot of times where Jason acted impulsively and it worked out fine. A name, not a number. And oh, I guess a couple other examples that I could think of off the top of my head, but not off the top of my head. So, and then because of that, because he acted impulsively and um, as he says in Last Resort, idiotic, he, he comes to the conclusion, okay, that was a bad idea. I mean, also uh, a touch of healing where he says, okay, let's just make this program that can have the user have this special ability. And sure, that'll be fine, right? Without putting a lot of thought into it, without consulting Jack extensively about it. And that pattern of doing it gratification eventually leads him to the mentality of, okay, it's good when I do things impulsively. And then he's still going off of that here and even though wit chides him for it it's it's unfortunate that he had to be the inciting action i guess yeah it's an interesting character study as far as the character of jason because 
that impulsiveness is part of the reason he's as successful and kind of acclaimed as he is as a spy or even as a proprietor of wit's end for that short time yeah because when it when he gets an idea for something he doesn't sit on it he doesn't sit around and be lazy for it he launches right into it and that's a good character quality to have in moderation right because you're going to be the kind of guy that gets things done you're going to be the person who launches into life with a gusto and is able to finish projects and bring good and value into this world mm-hmm. it's a good just way. that you also have to have that discernment to go along with it and that's what jason lacks right and uh, it's been great to track his character throughout this and we'll see that more i think in the decision hopefully if we get there I don't know. Um, I think Mm. there's also a little bit more in the next episode, possibly. I don't remember a lot about what exactly Jason goes through in the next episode. But in the meantime, uh, coming back around, you want to come back around to Eugene here? Yes. So one thing, I was listening on headphones, and I noticed when Eugene drops the phone, you can hear Janice's voice going from the left side to the right (laughs) side. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, it is really cool. And then in the next scene, it's just in the center. So like, okay, the phone has settled down to... (laughs) To the, the center That's of the pencil. great. And Eugene is a, a great, uh, this is a great inciting, it, it's still a great inciting action to the story because there's really only one conflict here that leads to a bunch of other little conflicts. But the main conflict is Eugene says Katrina and Brandon are getting engaged. And so what Eugene th- then does from that in, I think it's scene three or four when he crashes the wedding is a big thing and it's great that we're starting off the episode we started off the episode with the conversation between jason and wit now we're transitioning okay now at the end of the first scene we're finally seeing what the real conflict of this episode is going to be and it's it's so good it's really good it's really good the pacing is phenomenal yeah yeah so transition into scene two and she says as the line reads like i can feel my pores fibrillating even as we speak <laughs> <laughs> and Jason's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> My pores fibrillating. <laughs> I need to look that word up. I don't For, know what that word means. Uh, vibrating? I get like he's getting goosebumps. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what this is. Uh, an irregular, often rapid heart rate that commonly causes poor blood flow. I can is hear- what atrial fibrillation is. Okay. What? So it's like Matthew and Emily and um. No cause for con- no, not no cause for concern. The case of the Bobcat Piero, just a fibrillation, a heart murmur, palpitation. Right. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm gonna move on if you're cool with that. I am okay with that. We get the line from Jason where he says, "Well, that doesn't make sense. Katrina told me that she loved you," and uh, Eugene says, "Well, I I get that. That makes sense." but i still need to figure it out so uh, janice is still on the phone so, he, so eugene says I, i'm sorry you've been most helpful goodbye then just hangs up yeah and so eugene's reasoning is and also stuff that we all i'm guessing we all go through this at one time uh it's something like this at one time or another if we have relationships like this where where okay there's this person who i care about but they're also with this other person in a um platonic heterosexual relationship more often than I am. So does that mean that there is something romantic there or that there's there's that? I don't know if you felt that at all. Um, um to, a, to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah. Um, not really with Hannah because... Oh, okay. Um, so it was actually with a crush I had pre- prior to Hannah. Uh-huh. Um, but with Hannah, um, sh- there weren't really any relationships like that that I felt challenged by. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just very perceptive about what's going on around me. And I'm also very 
introspective and things will happen that I think, okay, I don't know if this is significant. I don't know what I should think about this, but I'm going to work through it. And so that's just a game I play with myself a lot in terms of, okay, what, uh, like (laughs) the she loves me, she loves me not thing. And and, And this episode really did help me in thinking that if there's a problem, we'll talk about it. There will be communication about it. It's not something I should jump to conclusions on. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, that this, that's a great moral four part of the episode for the episode here. Um, so Eugene's saying that, so he goes ahead and calls the Lakeshore Lodge. Does, does Witt suggest that, that he called Lakeshore Lodge? Maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, it's Witt or Jason. I think he does. Okay. So that sounds right. So the lady from Lakeshore Lodge was the same actress as what's her face? Uh, Janice Mitchell. And that really annoys me. <laughs> Did you notice Wait, that? Wait, say that again? The, the actress who plays the receptionist at Lakeshore Lodge is the same actress who plays Janice. They're both the same actress. You couldn't tell. I mean, I can now. Well, I mean, I could always tell because their voices were just way too similar over the phone. Huh. Yeah. Was she trying to do a different voice? Who knows? She, she is doing a different voice. She, she, she has a different tone. Like, she's more professional. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I could just, I don't know, in her timbre, I could tell that's the same person. You couldn't have a different actress play somebody else. But yeah. Basically. I guess I just assumed it's a woman talking over the phone and the phone makes everyone sound the same. Well, I mean, this is... you know. Yeah, I mean that's true, to a certain extent. But when you're an audio editor like me, even back in maybe I was too, I don't remember <laughs> right. if I was using Audacity back then. But anyway, so <laughs> so Eugene calls and he's he says, "Oh, greetings. I was wondering if you could, uh, uh, if like if Katrina Shanks is there and or what uh, is that? Is that what he he says? Or yeah, um, he he's like I'm trying to reach Katrina Shanks and or he asks if they've checked if Katrina's checked in yet. Right, and okay. she says yes, she has. You want to transfer you and. Then he's like, I, I don't, don't know what to do from here. And she says, do oh, from here. Are you, you part wedding? of the wedding party? Wedding party? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Will Ryan is killing it here. I, he I, really I noticed is. at this point that I am, this is Odyssey at its best because at no point at all during this episode did I think this is an audio drama. Honestly, throughout this, I thought, okay, this is, this is, this has got to be real. This is just too good. This is just yeah. way too good acting, way too good writing for it not to be I, I found myself asking the question, is it that good or am I just nostalgic? Because, like, this is oh, my childhood. I think it's a How lot much, of both. Yeah, a lot of it is probably nostalgia for me because, like, I'm listening to this episode and I'm like, yeah, this is how Odyssey has always been. This is the way it should be. And But at the same time, I'm also looking at it and saying, I don't see any writing problems. Right. And also, additionally, we we've harped on the music so much. This is original music. For this episode, it's not library music, which mm-hmm. is a tiny thing, but it clues me into there's good production quality here in the music. And again, there were several points where I mentioned in here the music is so good. It's yeah. really good. There, there are a couple times when I think it's cartoony. Only one time, I think, when Armitage answered the door. Okay, Eugene, I forgive you. Where I noticed, okay, that sounds like like the uh, Odyssey animated music. Like it, there would be uh, some kind of animated scene to go along with it. But I thought, no, that's... That's yeah, thing. It, yeah, right. Yeah, like, but that, I, don't, I don't think it takes away from the episode personally. No, no, it doesn't. Like, I lo- it this is one case really where well. it's like that was really funny, and we need a, a a musical reaction to go along with the characters. Yes, I mean, and also the penultimate scene where Eugene's being taken away, and you have the dun 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 yes. music there. That's also really good. And this episode does a great job. Something that what's it? Uh, Fant four stick didn't do well and something that well i think last jedi did it okay too where 
it's not balancing you know what i mean like fantastic four the i think we talked about that last last review yeah didn't we? yeah sorry it, i didn't know what you meant what you meant when you said four stick and fan like, four stick <laughs> well the poster fan is four stick <laughs> that's the way the poster says it fant four stick right <laughs> i don't know um fant four stick that, <laughs> I, that is actually how that was so that's funny yeah the um those that movie didn't balance humor well Endgame did i think and these i'm noticing in film and in production how do you take a serious subject and make it lighthearted this episode puts a lot of lighthearted stuff at the beginning not lighthearted but maybe uh farcical stuff at the beginning and that helps set up the conflict and then we get serious moments interspersed with eugene talking to the receptionist which is hilarious and then after that Mm -hmm. we get more serious stuff and then we get heart-wrenching stuff and stuff that makes me want to punch brandon in the face at the end of the episode um but I actually didn't want to punch him in the face. Really? So I want to look. I would love to talk about that later. Okay. Okay. Because that's right. interesting to me. Okay. Okay. So uh, again, uh, uh, maybe not again, but character development is spot on all throughout this thing. Yes. Um, just saying. And so Jason Eugene has fainted, and he's like, or basically like, uh, what is it? Uh, he swooned. I guess. I don't he know. swooned. He <laughs> he um he succumbed to an aneurysm he just had fun fact i actually learned about what an aneurysm was because i had to ask my mom after listening to this episode like what mom what's an aneurysm it's when your brain hurts in a way that (laughs) makes something explode and it's you die ow (laughs) that's dark (laughs) i was like yeah i was i was prepping for this and i thought i'm gonna be smart and not actually look up what an aneurysm is because i should know this already but yeah okay um so what eugene is on the floor which like take it easy eugene just breathe and jason picks up the phone and like yeah yeah thanks anyway i'm good i don't need to talk to anyone and so goes back to eugene eugene's tell me i'm hallucinating this is an extreme form of jet lag oh eugene you have no idea that poor that poor wedding reception or the receptionist at the lodge Uh, just like from her perspective yeah are you part of the wedding party wedding party hello and she's like hello? hello hello just very calmly that's a she needs and to be then, paid extra for whatever she's doing right and then jason answers and clarifies and then says no i don't need that goodbye and she's like my pleasure and Chick- not gonna ask like is your friend okay <laughs> wait why didn't she ask well she does ask that is everything all right sir and jason just responds with oh no not really no, not really. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Eugene is helped back to his feet. And he says, all right, I'm calm now. Mr. Whitaker goes, good. But what am I going to do? And then he starts ranting. And that's actually, whenever I hear two friends in a truck with when Eugene crashes Bernard's truck into the tree. It, or is it is it the tree or something? It rolls down the hill. I, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, it, it hits a tree or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he says, I think he says it, it hit a tree. The tail is broken. Eugene says, what am I going to do in that episode? Yes. He just says it pretty much exactly the same, only a little bit more reserved. So like here it's like, what am I going to do? But there yeah. it's like, what am I going to do? Yeah, I think that this is probably Will Ryan's best acting. Some yes. of his best, I it's would really say. It's really good. Yeah. And, and because Andrew Sabo and I recently reviewed uh, Connie the Counselor, and I heard a lot of Eugene in that episode, and comparing it to Eugene in this episode, I can tell Eugene's older in that episode, or that Will Ryan's older, and that he's Will yeah. Ryan doing the Will Ryan thing as Eugene. There's nothing incredible yep. about it. It's okay, uh, but when, he's still good. Whenever I listen to newer episodes back-to-back with older ones, I'm able to hear the aging in Will Ryan, uh, Katie Lee, and Chris Anthony. Right. 
Yeah, Chris is interesting. I, I don't know if there's a golden age for Chris. She's just always really pretty good. Yes. Um, but also thinking of Eugene and the t- the Tilton world at in the background. <laughs> of what? Uh, no, he actually he has a better scream at. Uh, I think it's Let's Get Together is the episode. Yeah. Uh, you can hear him yelling in the background. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> Eugene goes, uh, "What am I gonna do?" And then he says it twice, and then Jason goes, "What do you mean? What are you gonna do?" And Jason's like, I believe my question was as succinct as it could be under the circumstances. Very good writing for Eugene this entire episode. <laughs> yes. Do you remember how I I brought up previously in the previous episodes, it's been so long since we've been here, but that Paul McCusker will fit little things into the script, just little random little quips that will aid the dialogue so much. This is one mm-hmm. of them. It's, it's yes. really, really good. And that leads into Jason's, look, she's not married yet. And Eugene's like the the uh the caged tiger like ah no <laughs> it's, it's not too late to just go up there and, and tell her that you love her and eugene's and jason or wits like he i mean jason do you think that's wise and jason says you gotta fight for it eugene says yes by fight for it he means slap brandon on the face with a glove and challenge him to a duel jason says yes yes spike him into the pavement <laughs> <laughs> no he go, you can hear a fountain in the uh, like the uh i don't know is, is it the, the wellington courtyard yeah so just pick him up and spike him in the fountain no <laughs> Um, so Jason says, no, no, just go tell Eugene, you're not going to let her or tell Katrina. You're not going to let her go without, without a fight or like prove to her that you're yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And so interesting. Uh, Wit says, he may want to talk about this first. And Eugene says, talk, Mr. Whitaker. It seems like that's all Katrina and I have ever done, which, ah, true. So it's an audio drama after all. No, that's true. That's very true. But all what about ever all done the is talk and sound effect at each other? I mean, what else would you do? I mean, would you take action? Would you would you go like? Did they ever actually go on any serious dates that weren't just to a coffee shop or walking around the campus of uh, Campbell College? No, not right. not really. Well, actually, no, they did because um, it's not in an actual episode. But Eugene says they used to come to the restaurant and sit at table thirty-seven a lot. Still, they they still were just sitting and talking there. It's not like. I'm thinking of like going roller skating or ice skating or I don't know, something more involved than, than just talking. But at the same time, what do yeah, you think? actually <clears throat> oh, go ahead? I, I'm thinking what else is Eugene referring to here? Is it just jet lag? That's that makes him say it's, that line. I think it's mostly jet lag and Jason. <laughs> like right yeah. now he's, I actually looked up the symptoms to jet lag and one of the, like the very specific uh, jet lag symptoms is that you have a lack of concentration. 64. What? No repeats or hesitations. You never played that game? Oh, <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> well, that, that makes... And that I'm not makes, concentrating enough. <laughs> and that makes perfect sense because Katrina brings it up later. Didn't you remember that I told you about this weeks ago? And Eugene says, oh, that must have slipped my mind. Right. So, yes. He has definite lack of concentration. But the one thing he can latch on to is what people around him are saying. Yeah. And Jason says, you've got to like throw down the gauntlet and... And he then starts chat- parroting it. Right, right. And so when Wit says, maybe maybe we should slow down, that's not something that's really latch on to a bull, you know? Right. That's the that's the, the narrative or the, uh, the rhetoric of somebody who would be working against Eugene. And in Eugene's mind, it would be, oh, Mr. Whitaker, you don't understand the severity of the situation here. If I don't act, something bad's going to happen. So I can right. either act or not act, and acting is only going to be good for me. So he's convinced in his mind, and it's part of it. I'll bring it up again later. I keep saying this, but it's, 
there's there's so many nuances to this episode that with Eugene, I've been in situations like this where I'll say something or do something and then realize, oh, I had no idea what I was just saying. I'm sorry. And then there'll, there'll be fallout from that where I think, I don't even know what I was thinking in that moment, but it was obviously dumb. And I'm just defending myself now because I don't want to make it seem like I didn't have it all together then, but I actually didn't have it all together. And, <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's what I go through in, in times like this. And with Eugene, it's the same thing. And that's what Katrina treats him, basically treats him the same way. And mm-hmm. it's it's real interesting. And this is the, the moment that, again, inciting action, Eugene rushes off and uh, basically end of the scene. Yeah. Kind of tries Jason a little bit. <laughs> You ready to move on to the next one? I think, yeah, I think I just love Jason's, like, I just wish I could be there to see it. And it's like, wait, Jason, maybe go stop Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> Don't glory in the amusingness of the episode. But, if yeah, Jason yeah, had any idea what would happen. So that, my mom's favorite line from this episode, like, we quote it all the time. Eugene's rushing into the Lakeshore Lodge. He's pushing everyone out of the way, rings the bell, like, excuse me, excuse me, anybody there? He picks up the bell, spikes it over the table, and the, the guy behind <laughs> us like... <laughs> The bell works, sir. But thank you for testing it. Steve Bridges, who is yes. playing him, really good. This, this clerk, he's annoying, but not <laughs> in a like in a. He's annoying to Eugene, but he's good annoying. Yes, he's he, not Hadley annoying. He's right because stuff, he has personality. The stuffy clerk, but it's amusing because he's a he's an actual foil to Eugene. Right. He's reserved. He's not, a caricature. he's not going to be moved in any way. Right. And he's going to enjoy the fact that he's not going to move in any way to to make life easier for Eugene. And Eugene's just out of control. Right. We the thing about Hadley is that we don't know what he wants. We don't really know what makes him tick. All we know is that he likes being around Wooten and he's he's happy that, that he's there with Wooten. That's his main character, and we don't see his true character until the final episode, at which point maybe we had a little bit more potential to bring him out. And we'll get back there in the ties that bind. But this guy, we know exactly what he wants. He wants his his job to be orderly and stuff like that. He wants to be good at his job. He doesn't want yeah. anybody to get in his way. And he says that in one of his later scenes. He says, he says I, I need, I need this, this job. job. Exactly. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. So already we have more character background and depth in this one character than we do with Hathley, which is unfortunate <laughs> but <laughs> poor guy so uh, he says nice robe by the way and eugene's i have recently turned to the middle east uh, delaware or maryland uh that's not what the middle east <laughs> means and then eugene i at liberty here i had this moment early on in campus where they said i had to be quarantined because i said that i had a covid symptom but Turns out it wasn't even a COVID symptom. It was just overreacting, and still they put it on my account. And so they're like, yeah, you can't go to the dining hall for two weeks. And I marched up to residence life and said, get this off my account right now. Eugene marches up to the guy and says, the wedding. I'm here for the wedding. I'm like, okay, one of those situations might have been a little too forceful. The other was definitely way too forceful. (laughs) 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 This is why I connect with Eugene so much in this, because his emotions are totally, they make sense. His emotions sense. are so relatable to people in stressed out college environments. <laughs> exactly. So he he says it. <laughs> I mean, come on, Ryan. Did you did you go to college? No, I did not actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's great. It's real fun. I'm the only like five one of five people on my hall right now because everyone else is home for Christmas break. It's great. Um, I've been ruined myself. Anyway, so the guy is like, you must mean the Shanks wedding. <laughs> The point where Eugene should have been tipped off. Well, okay, okay, wait. 
something's wrong wait here. it shanks? wouldn't be named the shanks wedding what <laughs> it's like he's like oh okay it must not be katrina who's getting married he walks out and then it's like brandon decided to legally change his name to shanks instead of <laughs> <laughs> katrina no um but this is also a part of if eugene this is the first indication by anything eugene has heard that something is might not actually be wrong and yet he yeah. completely brushes over it because his mind is so set right yeah well there's that but it's also like think of it sort of as he because he's in his jet lag state he's not taking information and saying here's what the valid conclusion would be right he's taking it and saying does this fit the conclusion i already have and it obviously does because shanks equals katrina and wedding equals katrina but shanks wedding doesn't make sense and that's that's Mm-hmm. And he's also he's tying all of this back to Brandon through the lens of Katrina. And so yeah. by bringing up his relationship with Katrina, he sees the wedding as the sort of, I don't know, threat to him at, through Brandon. But he's still looking at it in terms of I need to tell Katrina that I care about her. And therefore, the Shanks wedding is the wedding that she's in. Like, again, again, filtering it through his his jet lag. And yeah, um, so evidently the wedding's in the Wellington Courtyard. Eugene... Runs down the hallway to, to get there. He passes. Oh, he has the line where he says, the bell works, sir. I'd like to work his bell. <laughs> <laughs> so. Just the, Eugene, Eugene, are you okay? Are you going <laughs> to spike the clerk over the counter? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Eugene. No, Mr. Meltzer. <laughs> oh, Mr. Meltzer. Wait, he says that later on. The clerk Mr. even says Mr. Meltzer. Puts on his sunglasses, walks out. <laughs> explodes the sexual <laughs> laws behind him. Um, so. Eugene breaks into the Wellington courtyard and you can hear him panting and like going "Eh," in the background. And again, if you listen closely, it's, it's Brandon. Well, you don't know it's Brandon, but you hear, um, and because Eugene's never heard Brandon before. He doesn't know that's Brandon. You can hear Brandon officiating. Yeah. I hear Brandon officiating the wedding. And then weird thing. It's not too apparent in this episode, but Pamela Hayden, who's the actress who plays Katrina also plays Mrs. Shanks and she doesn't do a great job at differentiating the voices. And I think that's funny because it sounds like Katrina's thing. I will. <laughs> I think it's that? supposed to like, yeah. it makes sense. Mothers and daughters often do sound very similar. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think it actually re- works really well because later right, when, right. like she says, I will. And, and then she says, says thank no, you. She won't. Right. But then later when he says, Mrs. Shanks, you look great in a wedding dress, you hear her say it, and she definitely sounds older. She's like, yes. thank you. Yes, and that's something she does really well in Wrapped Around Your Finger with uh, the whole Eugene and Katrina engagement episode. We, I mm-hmm. don't think we'll be covering that one. We might if we really care to. But it's there are lines between Mrs. Shanks and Katrina, and Mrs. Shanks sounds a lot like maybe kind of like – is it Mrs. Mrs. – no, it's not Mrs. Nietzsche. There's some teacher. Oh, it's Miss. What's her name? The teacher in the graduate that Connie was talking. Oh, to are you talking the about the uh, the staff admin? What? No, or, she's not a teacher, but she is part of the fact. Or, oh, is oh, she right. not a? She is. She. I all I know is she's part of the faculty. Okay, I don't right. know if she's a specific teacher. Okay, well, if she wasn't a teacher, then whatever. But that clearly does not sound like Katrina just because of the way that her voice is. And mm-hmm. it's similar to Wrapped Around Your Finger where there are lines between Katrina and Mrs. Shanks, and it, it does sound a lot different. And here, yeah. again, I'll take back any criticism I was going to have of this because it's great. Again, I agree with that. <laughs> That's awesome. That there's a, It's still confirming Eugene's priors as he rushes in. He's going up and down like, oh, the Shanks wedding. Oh, wait, that's her voice. Oh, wait, that's Mrs. Shanks at a wedding dress. <laughs> then he has the, I'm not in that. <laughs> And then 
Mr. Shanks is uh, like, what's the big idea of interrupting my wedding? And Eugene is standing there, evidently in front of a bunch of people there. It's already really awkward for him, but he's running on adrenaline. And, he, and he's in a caftan. Yes. Robe. And, and, and it's he's just, like, you can't let this marriage happen. You disapprove of me marrying my wife. I'm not talking about your wife. Although you do look very nice in a wedding dress, Mrs. Shanks. I'm talking about Katrina. Uh. <laughs> and then the, like the moment where his mouth just drops open like nobody yeah so katrina and then mr shanks has a joke about his his cat is like it looks like he got to for, forgot to get dressed this morning yes it's like uh, never yes mind. i love there's just like so many lines in each scene that they all play off of each other they don't yeah. seem like filler but they also f- further the discussion but each one's funny right right that's something i don't think that odd new odyssey is doing as well it's something that i think that kathy buchanan is a little bit lacking in honestly i wish that her i mean sometimes her humor integrates pretty well but it seems a lot of her humor is really disconnected from the story a lot of this humor is very situational it's very apparent that the characters are saying it because there's a situational comedy going on. It's not overblown. I'm thinking a lot of not what I expected. You know uh, the jokes in that one that I'm talking about? Um, I'm trying to think. Which one is that? Not what well, I expected. That's the one with um, Emily Clur- or being an intern at the law firm and then Zoe working at the yeah. funeral home. Yeah, and, and yeah. Yeah, there's of, some... Yeah. Go ahead. It's mostly Sorry. just based around uh, Emily will say this joke or the character, or Jillian particularly, will say this joke, and that joke is funny in any context. These jokes are really only funny in this context because the context itself is funny. This is true, yes. And I think there's a lot of room for situational humor mm-hmm. in current Odyssey, but it's not necessarily capitalized on. Like, well, in Sam that episode, does it well. Yeah, in that episode. Was that episode Kathy Buchanan? Yes. Uh, not what I expected? Yeah, it was. So, in that episode, you've got... Jay and Zoe at the and funeral home. At the funeral home. That's kind of funny. And it's it's good. It's kind of funny. And I think that Jay is a good foil for Zoe. Like that's yeah. one of the one of the few good foils I think in current Odyssey. Oh, have you heard uh Teach a Man? Teach a Man. Which one is that? The newest club episode, December's club episode. Oh, yes, I have. I Today uh, actually. I finished oh. all of Odyssey. Yay! Today. Just wait until the January you have a new episode to listen to. Oh, no, on the 15th. First episode of Album 70 comes out. Um, anyway, but in that one, I was laughing out loud at the Jay and Zoe dynamic. I don't yeah. know about you. <laughs> it was pretty good. And I thought it was very interesting um, hearing in that. Like, I'll say this real quick so that okay. we can get back to this episode. Yeah, yeah. But it was really interesting hearing further um, Zoe and Jay dynamic, especially with Jay, like, chasing her and trying to imply that they're together um in its own in pretty much its own dedicated episode which in other episodes it's like it's the comic relief it's not something that's happening actively as much in the episode Mm -hmm. um and it's not the main plot point like in uh not what i expected it's not the main it's not the only thing that's being talked about which in this episode it is for a decent amount yeah, yeah, definitely. And all that to say that the the way the comedy works, I think comedy works really well in Teach a Man because it's, uh, again, it was situational. And when you can have good situational comedy, <laughs> yes. it's, uh, it's it's excellent. Um, it's Jay's, Jay's movie. It's the best. <laughs> it's so, the reveal of like his nail. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. 
I was sitting on my couch and I, I thought, what? I think I actually applauded. I don't remember what happened. It was so good. Okay. All right. Spoilers for Teach a Man, by the way. Um, moving on. Eugene and Katrina go out into the hall. And this is what I, I think I've, I don't know if I mentioned this. Part of the reason I love this is because the, the big plot point happens here. And then all the rest of the episode is talking about it. And so this is the beginning of the fallout. The fallout happens really soon. It's not like, again, New Odyssey does this a lot. I'm trying to remember what a good episode would be that does this. I think, let me think, there, there was one recently where the conflict happens really, like the climax happens really late in the episode. And then they're like, okay, well, let's, let's just go on. Maybe it's Crash Course. I don't remember. But- Crash Course is one of them. Um, I know there's several where it's like, everything Wraps fixes really itself quickly. right at the end like um dream uh california dreams is kind of that way oh i would disagree but or, no maybe it wasn't ca- no it was uh for maybe? a song yeah for a song i don't know to an extent it I doesn't really wrap up though no no i it, like i like that part hopefully we'll review it on the scoop cast soon. yeah but yeah, I'm for, thinking... a song, for a song, yeah, I guess Crash Course is maybe the best example. Yeah, I had another example off the top of my head, but I want to move on. We need to get to the rest of this episode. Yeah. So this is the first time Eugene and Katrina have seen each other since um, that scene where um, Eugene says, where, uh, Eugene actually starts the, the dinner uh, talking to himself and he says, uh, well, be reasonable. And then he ends the conversation where Katrina says, I think we should take time to think and pray about it. And Eugene says it's a perfectly reasonable conclusion. We go from that scene to this one, and Eugene is realizing, oh, wait, I was not being reasonable. And interspersed throughout their conversation is the lounge singer. And, you know, this guy, uh, they were going to have the the song Feelings um, be the lyrics that are tied into the the script, but they Mm -hmm. couldn't get the rights to it. So they had this, this guy who's the singer write his own lyrics. Yeah. And it's and it's real funny. Honestly, it's this is one of the nostalgic things from my childhood. Yes. Because fun quick story. Uh-huh. So I would listen to this, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Actually, when Hannah listened to it with me as I as we were listening through the episode, she said that this always made her cringe because she thought <laughs> it was just like so painful growing up because she grew up um, in like a parsonage. She was a pastor's kid. And so she kind of grew up with this um, sort of idea drilled into her by the people around her. Don't cause a scene like you have to be perfect sort of thing. Yeah. And so the fact that there is a scene here at all, it was like cringy to her. But for me, it was like, uh, this is really funny. Like, yeah, the 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 humor beats just hit each time without taking away from the tone of their conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but what I would do is we kept like rewinding it. I don't know if you ever had this thing where you would listen to the same funny scene over and over again. Oh, I would so do it with I, my brother. I had a tape player with my cousin and we would play um, Hidden in My Heart over and over. Just the same line on repeat. <laughs> just hit, mm-hmm. the, hit the rewind button, play it again, play it again. Yeah. And so I would rewind it and play the scene again. But then as my brother was watching, I would pretend i was playing the piano and i would mouth along with the piano person (laughs) and just like make these really accentuated like facial expressions as i'm singing this like i'm just putting my heart and soul into it and make him laugh so much that sounds really really funny and yeah it's uh it's something again whenever we're listening my family usually listens to odyssey over dinner and so 
whenever we're listening to this episode, it's always like, oh yeah, here comes this scene. And I don't, I think I was just vaguely picking up on the, the relationship drama. Um, as I was hearing this when I was younger, not realizing how deep it is and how, how good it is. But also the fact this episode is hilarious also does a lot for it. It's, it's, it's real, real nice. And so he's got a couple lines like, Hey, engage. These two crazy kids are going to tie the knot. Katrina's like, no, we are not. (laughs) So, um, and so Eugene's like, it's silly. I thought that silly little me, I'm as silly as a tree. Hey, (laughs) and then the, the, the best, the best line's gotta be when, um, I don't know. I don't remember what the context exactly is, but um, Brandon was ordained to the minister last last or last term or something like that. And the, the guy goes, "Oh, Brandon." Or I think Eugene is mentioning. I I should have should have yes. known better than to He's assume. Like, that. I should have known Brandon was here. And then, oh, Brandon. Brandon. Goes, Stop. <laughs> That Eugene oh, says, like, he's such a nice guy. <laughs> Eugene goes, I couldn't be more embarrassed than if somebody had painted my face blue and asked me to appear before a congressional subcommittee. And then the guy goes, yeah, or they could have you playing and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I heard this episode, I never heard that line. So I, it always oh, felt flat for me. Yeah, yeah, who loves you, huh? <laughs> and then they they yeah. leave and he's like, where are, you, where are you two kids going? Let's have lunch sometime. <laughs> So I actually we had a chiropractor and the receptionist was named Brandon. Okay. And every time we would mention him, I would just launch into <laughs> Oh Brandon. And I think at one point we found out that it was gonna be his birthday and I brought my ukulele to the chiropractor and I serenaded him like going, Oh Brandon, oh he's such a nice guy And he didn't listen to Odyssey at all, so he didn't get it. But Did he like it though? <laughs> Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, all your friends who don't know what Odyssey references are, I'll pull random lines from random Odyssey episodes just out of my hat, and people will have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. Like that. Like, I'll say that, and people will just roll with it. I think that was actually really funny, right? You know? No? Okay. <laughs> so here begins the the main conflict between Eugene and Katrina. And Katrina's point is that Eugene rushed in assumed well it's brought up more in the next scene but she says don't please don't tell me you actually thought that we were engaged and eloping do you have such a low opinion of my integrity and like i said before eugene's mistrust is all put at brandon in his jet lagged i think he might is also immature i would agree with katrina in that respect that he that is a maturing process he has to go through um and because his mistrust is directed at Brandon, it comes across to Katrina, well, you're, he persuaded you to elope. And mm-hmm. Katrina says, it's as if I could be persuaded in, in only the two weeks that we've had, that we haven't seen each other. Or that in two weeks since Eugene left, like, I guess, left Odyssey. Um, yeah. Since the search for wit, which is a good timeline right there. But she is taking it to mean she doesn't know what Eugene's been through. She's not letting Eugene talk. She's, she's taking... and. I had a similar situation to this where I thought, okay, and a couple of situations. I mean, one of them, not too serious, was with Atticus Schaefer. I messaged him on Instagram and I was like, hey, do you want to do an interview? He's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then I sent, I sent another message later on saying, hey, just so you know, you're probably going to have to record your own audio. And he was like, oh, you mean I'm, I actually am like, we're not going to be able to do it if, if I don't have my own audio? Or he phrased it in a weird way that made me respond like, yes, we have to do it with your audio. And he's like, you know what? Let's just postpone this. I was like, no, 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 that's, that's not a problem. We can do, do it another way. He was like, yeah, we'll just talk later. And I thought, I sh- it, it's a thing of where, 
I don't think you have to get the communication right exactly the first time. You can make mistakes. Just both people have to be open to rehashing things and to saying, okay, yeah. there was a misunderstanding here. Let's do it again. Had another relationship last year that, that went sour because I think the other person was misunderstanding what I was saying and not giving me the benefit of the doubt. And I was, I was partly saying, I don't know what to say here. And, and this other person was like, well, you're obviously saying this. And I'm saying, no, I'm not. I don't, I don't think that's what I'm saying. And with Katrina here, she is saying this is a lot more significant than you think. And Eugene says, does it have to be so significant? And she says it does. Whether you realize it or not, it does. And that's, again, it's great story because this is realistic for Katrina to think that. It's also realistic for Eugene to be pushing back. And I feel so bad for Eugene in this moment. And it's it's great drama. Yes. And then we get the the next scene starting off with a little moment of levity he's calling wit and he explains like i i burst <laughs> in and told mr shanks not to marry mrs shanks who's that laughing in the background well, you can tell jason i don't appreciate <laughs> it it's a little funny because we don't hear jason's actual laughter in the background and maybe it's right maybe it's funny just because eugene explaining it so he has a short interchange and uh, they reference whatever I think the conference that uh, Wit is going. I think it's or a meeting that Wit is going to. I think that's referenced mm-hmm. here. And then yeah. he hangs up. Brandon knocks on the door and comes in. What do you think about what Brandon's doing here? Um, delivering Katrina's message. Yeah, or in whatever motivation he might have. Again, nuanced motivations here. Is this a good hmm. move on his part? I don't think he has much motivation other than. One, deliver the message, and two, talk to Eugene regarding, I guess, being careful not to hurt Katrina. And I don't think that there's anything negative in these motivations. I actually like Brandon a lot yeah. because because here's the thing. He's been spending a ton of time with Katrina, right? and it's clear that he's developed a severe enjoyment of his company with Katrina and, and a protection a fondness for her. Of her and a protection and a fondness for her. And I feel like this is the sort of talk you should have with anyone who comes in like a loon and hurts a woman that you care about. You should talk them down. I've seen too many men in my life who, when something, when someone does something awkward or negative towards women, they just kind of shrug it off. Like, Oh, it's not that bad. Get over it. No, right. Okay. And that's like, that completely you makes shouldn't sense. do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah you yeah. shouldn't do that. Okay. No, I see that. There's the line that makes me – I mean, it's all—it's an uncomfortable scene, but that's that's to be assumed. But the part that gets me, and I don't know how to take this, and I'm trying to figure out how to track Brandon throughout his scenes. But what Brandon says is – well, we had a good laugh about it. I mean, I mean the, the thought of you thinking Katrina and I had eloped. And Eugene says, you know, an absurd thought. Now I can only now assume. Brandon says, is it? What does he mean by that? I think it's sort of like – so Eugene came in thinking that. Yeah. And then, you know, only an hour or two later says, yeah, that was absurd. And so Brandon is saying, essentially, so do you believe this or do you not believe this? Okay, because I thought that he was, okay, I thought that he was hinting that, well, maybe you're right. Maybe there is something between me and Katrina. But no, that doesn't fit with the rest of the conversation. Right. It doesn't fit with the conversation. And I feel like maybe there's a little bit there where it's like, hold on, wait, so you don't think we'd be good together? Well, I'm offended. I'm going to go propose to her right now. <laughs> and but, he he does mention something similar, not similar to that, but a different different way later. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, yeah, I think most of it is like, is it, what do you truly believe, Eugene? Because just a minute ago, you yelled like a madman. That seems to be something that someone with conviction does. And now right. you're changing your your opinion just like that. Right. And so I'm, again, I'm in Eugene's shoes here. I'm, I'm feeling his, his emotions because he's, he doesn't even know what's going on. He hasn't had time to process any of it. And he's being bombarded with, I'm here on behalf of Katrina. She doesn't want to talk to you. And I'm thinking ahead to solitary refinement where in Eugene's dream, Katrina says, while you were being immature, I was also being immature. While I was saying you were being immature, I was also being immature. So is Katrina being immature here by not coming to talk to Eugene? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's immature to set boundaries when, Someone seems to be insane. <laughs> okay. All right. Like, that's fair. There's that. That's fair. And like, she doesn't have an obligation to talk things through in the heat of the moment. I think right. it's fair for her to say, we need to take a break. You need to get some sleep. We'll talk about this later. No, that's and right. And she, yeah, she says that they'll talk about it later. Okay. No, no, no. That's fair. That, mm, I'm trying it would to, be I'm immature trying to, to say, yeah. I'm never going to talk about it. No, right, right. And me listening to the audio drama and listening to Eugene's voice, I guess I can see that there is no point in this episode where he is where he has all his mental faculties together because he he then does make another irrational decision and breaks into the the hotel computer system. And that's again because he's not all there right now. Yeah. And it all ties back into the jet lag. And maybe I think Eugene is perceiving it as if katrina is making a judgment on him in general Mm -hmm. and she is that's the thing she well because because brandon comes in because he lost the toss between him and mr shanks and he says (laughs) he says she's she's concerned about the deeper meaning of what you did and gene goes what and because again he knows he's jet lagged but he doesn't think there's anything deeper behind it and then brandon says to put it bluntly she feels a little betrayed this ties into what katrina says at the end of the episode where she says, I mean, I know that Eugene acknowledges that he was being stupid and irrational, but it still comes down to the fact that he still mistrusted me. Is that a problem that Katrina is jumping to that conclusion or taking that conclusion rather? I think it's a miscommunication because as of right now, she doesn't have any reason to consider jet lag as a factor. Okay. He hasn't explained well, he that does. He, like he explained that he just got back, but he doesn't explain that the jet lag is so severe. He does, doesn't like, he? Right in his conversation, he says, this, "Katrina, I'm suffering from a jet lagged imagination." I does think he? he maybe he maybe yeah. But he's I I'm pretty sure he says that. I think yeah. he's uh, maybe he does. I think I'm thinking of there's another conversation where he says, "I'm dealing with a severe case of jet lag." in the next episode. And so I wasn't sure if he said it in this one. I'm pretty um, sure I remember him saying it in that yeah. conversation after the, um, uh, the lounge singer. Yeah. So but, yeah. That maybe to an extent I could see someone saying, well, that's kind of an excuse. Like I take flights on planes all the time and I don't get off and break up all my relationships. Right. You know? Right. Right. But I don't fly from the middle East. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, And the miscommunication factor is something I will bring up at the end. And that is what Katrina, I guess that makes sense. That's what Katrina is is harping on here. And that comes down to the crux of the episode, miscommunication. You got to open up your heart. Got to communicate. You got, yeah. And (laughs) just open up your heart and communicate. Good song. So, and you, (laughs) 
Well, Kevin McCreary's version is a his, good song. His version is good. That's what actually I was thinking of. Um, and Eugene is denying it, where Brandon's saying she thinks that you assume the worst about her. And Eugene says, but I didn't. And um, I think Eugene has another line where he says, but I'm, I'm not. Or I forget what, what he says exactly, but Brandon's saying she's thinking that your relationship isn't based on a mature trust. Or, oh, what he says is you thought that um, she thought your relationship was based on a mature trust. And what you did today showed her that it wasn't. And Eugene says, but and it he is. He says, but it is. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and what does he, he says do? there's he, nothing he, mature he... about the entrance. Right. Does that, uh, who are you siding with here? Who, who I mean, I, I, I legitimately don't know what to think. Who, who's right I, in this? I feel person? like I could side with either because from Eugene's perspective, he is sleep deprived. Yeah. But if he truly believes I'm sleep deprived, I'm not making wise decisions because of that. He needs to go to sleep. If he's not mature, he won't go to sleep. If he mm. is, ma- or if if he is mature, he'll take a break and recognize I'm not in a mental state to do anything, and I need to sleep. But he doesn't do that. So to a certain extent, I think that Katrina is reasonable to say, "Look, your decision was not mature," and on top of that, your decision means that you believe at in some point in your like deep down inside that. I'm capable of this, mm-hmm. that I would go behind your back and get married without talking to you a mere two weeks after saying, no, I'm coming back and Brandon's just a friend. Uh-huh. Right. And like, that's okay. It shows okay. that Eugene is willing to jump to those conclusions. I think that there's an extent where we can give Eugene leeway because he's jet lagged, but there's another extent where he should you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just say, oh, yeah, all your actions to go crazy are fine because you're jet lagged. We don't validate people because they have um, limits. Uh huh. We tell them work within your limits and take a nap. <laughs> OK. And, but and that's where I think I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you've already if this has already been mentioned, but because Eugene is jet lagged and because he needs to take a nap is is branded right in extrapolating all this i don't know is is that still like eugene is still a little bit it seems like he is immature for not sitting down and dealing with jet lag and running into it that is a little bit immature but at the same point yeah. this wouldn't be a problem if eugene wasn't jet lagged in the first place and yeah, so, i guess you got all you got to do to really answer this question is ask yourself the question if I had just flown in from the Middle East, mm-hmm. would I run into a wedding party and break it up because I think that someone that I love is getting married? Like, would I jump to these conclusions if I were jet lagged? I mean, yeah. And- I mean, tracking it, I, I can really gel with Eugene here. I, I might actually. <laughs> okay. I don't know. And I then all, know. You have to, all you have to do after that is ask, am I mature normally? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't. Fortunately, I'm not in his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, making me feel uncomfortable here. <laughs> We're asking some deep questions here on AIO Audio News. <laughs> AIO Audio News is a presentation of the Lynchburg Podcast Co-op. No. So <laughs> that's the – no. So this is really, really interesting. And I think the conclusion that I, I would come to here, again, is that let's say Katrina's right. Let's say Eugene's not mature, and let's say that Brandon is also right, that Eugene, that Eugene's lack of maturity, if left unchecked, will be dangerous to the relationship. I think that's valid. I think that that's, that is actually a point that this episode is getting across, 
and it plays into the rest of this arc up until album 28. 29 is mm-hmm. a break. 29 is, okay, let's restart this whole thing. 28 is, the, re- the rest of this album is a lot of dealing with this and Eugene's fallout from this. And that's what Brandon's monologue, Brandon's monologue is, I, I don't know if it's, if it's me or you, maybe it's you, but I want the best for Katrina. And I, uh, like, I care for Katrina as well as you do. Music in the background yeah. is really good at building that up. And, and I, I guess I trust, I trust Brandon. I, I don't know if I do last scene. We'll, we'll talk about that, but it makes me, it makes me feel weird things, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you're ready to move on to the, the yeah. rest of it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to breaking down that last scene, especially. Well, we'll get there pretty quick. This ne- these next few are just funny scenes, and yeah. this is where the the peripatia begins, the reversal of intention, the the winding up of the plot. And Eugene goes down, and he asks the de- the desk clerk about Katrina's room, and he he goes there, he's banging on the bell. The clerk says, "I know you're there. Be patient." And so he um he asks, "Well, I was wondering if I could if I could know her room number." And he's like, "I'm sorry, I can't give you the number, but if you want to call, oh, I'm sorry. There's a do not disturb notice on her phone. Do not yes, disturb. Do not disturb. Yes, do not disturb." <laughs> And he's like, well, can't you give out the room number in case of an emergency? If it were a real emergency, then maybe. But in the absence of any blood or loss of limbs or earthquake. I just want, I just want a spinoff where Eugene has to go on a trip. And this guy is the clerk for like an entire week. Yes. <laughs> Can we have a spinoff series or like a, a three-parter of just Eugene and this guy? Or better yet, this guy comes to Odyssey because eventually he does lose this job and (laughs) he falls on hard times. And so Eugene and Katrina and Buck have to board him at their house. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. uh, Change.org petition. Let's get it. (laughs) Anyway, so Eugene is frantic in this moment, again, because he's jumping to conclusion, because he thinks he's lost Katrina in this moment, so he's willing to do anything to get her back. And so... Hacks into the I phone. I Katrina in my laptop. <laughs> That's a good line. Also, I've been listening a lot to, um, or listening to try to catch up with the Adventures Into Odyssey podcast with Wyatt Jackson. And okay. he's been covering uh, the Eugene and Katrina episodes from before Blackguard. Ah. And he just got to, he and his co-host just got to the turning point. And one thing, they, they like quoting the, I love Katrina in my laptop line. And they also <laughs> um, like bringing up that, this whole thing is based on conclusions and they were saying, nah, that kind of irritates me. And I'm, I'm saying, no, that's good because of what happens and because of the development that takes place. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, thing about thing to say about that later, but in general, I don't want to be, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want him to catch up to me. So that's partly why I said, let's review this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're here again. So here we are. Eugene, <laughs> so one thing I noticed when Eugene is scrolling through the, the list of things of their computer system is he, fi- he sees the financial data for the lakeshore lodge yeah and whoa okay if there was somebody else hacking into the system that would be pretty easy to find that stuff and yeah do that's a bit disturbing it. like yeah we have tracers to figure out who hacked us but we don't stop them from doing it <laughs> if eugene were a bad guy th- there would be a bigger problems on this poor clerk's hands than just we that. just hope we just hope that they make sure to check out so we can arrest them exactly right like, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe, what was the plan? If Eugene didn't check out and just ran away after hacking into the, the phone system, then w- would they just let him go? I guess so. I don't know. They don't just know. assume, you know what? We can get back at him. We have his credit card information on hand. <laughs> <laughs> By a Tercel in his name. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> 
I bought a car. I needed a car. No. Um, so, oh, the the clerk is Rudy Sutton, right? By a uh, sign with arrows pointing to them. <laughs> that's that's a great line from Charles, just saying. That was a great line. Uh, great actor, too. So Eugene walks up to what he thinks is Katrina's room, and he's at room 202. And he says, well, she's going to wonder how I knew her room number. I'll just throw myself at her mercy. She'll have to forgive me, right? Yes. Right? This this it is so another well last point time. where this is another point where it's like yes he's jet lagged but that's a really bad like that's really immature if he's not jet lagged yeah right like uh-huh. saying you know what i've done bad but it's okay because they're a christian and they have to forgive me for it it's slowly digging that's, himself more and more into this hole that he's made for himself. right like that's a very entitled almost karen-ish kind of attitude to have yeah know? yeah it kind of is um and again not communicating with her the way she said they can communicate after Mm -hmm. some time and giving her time to think about it and continue well i mean given what brandon says at the end of the episode the final line of this episode you think eugene has a reason no because he still needs to trust katrina because katrina still has has said she won't do anything rash without telling eugene and because Mm -hmm. they still have to have that trust that's why this is so fascinating and I'm finding I, I sympathize a lot less and less with Eugene as we're doing this review, which is hard because I empathize with his character so much. Maybe that's because I'm mature, immature. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. You're making me – you're giving me an existential crisis, Ryan. What is this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm good at it. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So, well – Anyway, so Eugene knocks on the door and he begins his monologue and um, he his, his voice slowly escalates. Great acting, great writing as he's slowly and talking. And the music swells oh, at the same so time. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And he said, one of his lines is, we need not draw long-term conclusions based on the single fluids of misadventure, which she's not going to draw long-term conclusions. She's going to give him a chance to sit and think about it. And then he said, open the door, Katrina. Tell me you forgive me. Okay, Eugene, I forgive you. And this, just the way that the actor who plays Armitage... <laughs> So says good. it it's so good it I communicates know. like i'm frustrated but maybe i also just woke up <laughs> and i'm just imagining like this guy he's like in his 40s or 50s he's got slightly sunken skin and his hair is disheveled <laughs> and graying oh i'm thinking of my grandpa <laughs> yeah that's sort of what i was thinking and like he's got the sunken eyes from when you just wake up <laughs> that make you look kind of monstrous <laughs> and he opens the door and he's like okay eugene i forgive you he's still in his nightgown <laughs> right like, what mr shanks <laughs> just then- like putting myself in that position i would be mortified <laughs> especially because eugene has only met him once and, right or twice and that once the first time was when he was totally I don't know, embarrassing himself when Eugene was embarrassing right. himself in front of it at the restaurant. The second time was when he embarrassed himself in front of the wedding. And the third time Man, was I'm surprised time. Eugene doesn't have PTSD from his interactions with <laughs> I'm guessing he does. And then he dies right in front of him at the end of in Novacom. Like Goodness, how is Eugene put together at all? <laughs> He's um, a he should be a mess emotionally, internally. I mean, he did also go to the like in that in the mortal coil right like right life after death without god so my goodness we huh. got we got some dark things going on here in odyssey okay anyway so and that's all it all culminates and when armitage says well she was in room 204 and eugene says what it was yeah she and brandon went to the college to prepare 
Eugene, you're not looking too right. Are you okay? I'm not having, I'm not a, having very a very good day today. <laughs> and I was sitting in, in one of the uh, um, uh, like the 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 student union at the at the the college, and there was barely anybody there. There was one like one girl in a chair, like a couple yards away from me doing studying, and I was just cracking up, falling over in my chair. I'm like, this is so <laughs> good, it's so good. That's great. <laughs> And then a short little scene. I don't have much to say about it. He goes back to, to talk to the receptionist. The receptionist's like, oh, it's you. What? Was breaking up weddings not good enough for you or not enough for you? And then then the, the teaser about the hotel detective will have to deal with you. And Eugene's like, oh, oh no. What have I what have I done here? Mm-hmm. So final scene. Ready to go? Let's do it. Okay. I like Brandon until Katrina mentions – until his what he says after Katrina says – I would want to marry somebody like you and mm-hmm. if I went by what my head told me. So I'm going to divide this into first half, Brandon first off, and then Brandon second. Okay? Yeah. So we got Katrina and Brandon in the car, and Brandon is at first defending Eugene, saying, you know, he didn't mean any harm by what he did. He just It was just a legitimate mistake, uh, a miscommunication. And Katrina says, well, yeah, but even though he acknowledges that now, I understand that, but he still mistrusted me. And um, I am, I don't know, I like to push back against a lot of different viewpoints and so there are certain things that i'm uh-huh. thinking well i've heard this before but i don't know if i fully agree with it one of that is like fighting or competing for um i guess for your spouse or like if you mm-hmm. have if I, I guess the rivalry between eugene and brandon inwardly i would think like or like naturally i would think yeah there, there should be something where eugene needs to prove that he's better than brandon because otherwise what else is he going to do but then that does diminish katrina's role in it because the next line is brandon says well aren't you flattered that he came all this way to fight for you and katrina says no i'm not a prize to be won after a boxing match i thought we had something stronger than that and that kind of diffused my internal tensions about katrina's line where i'm like well he still needs to stand up for himself but at the same time saying i thought we had something stronger than that was katrina saying we already have this layer of trust here he doesn't need to fight for me right i feel so I guess here's where I stand on the whole, like, should you fight for potential spouse? I think that you should, but it doesn't look like the way Eugene did it. Certainly not. Right. That was rude. Love is not rude. Right. Well, like, it's rude. And it's also you're thinking about the fighting for someone wrong. You don't fight for someone by knocking the other guy out. You fight for someone by being the better person for them. Or by simply, like, something that's said later is, like, Brandon, or, oh, I'm trying to remember what the line is, but it's basically, like, Brandon, if he wants the best for Katrina, whether that's Brandon or Eugene, and then Eugene realizes that I've just kind of been looking out for whatever's best for me. Right. And mm-hmm. that fighting is looking to be, looking to see what's <laughs> the best thing for this person. Yeah, so it's not it's not tearing Brandon down then and that's right. that's kind of what eugene said at the beginning like by fight for it does that mean go slap brandon on the on the face with a glove and challenge him right. to a duel and again isn't that what jason says jason says no don't do that don't do, that he says he don't do that but then he says go and break up a wedding and tell oh. her that you love her okay okay that's that's kind of true and I, I was thinking as you were saying that just a second ago back back to my immature state after having heard this episode um or like having heard this episode and still going about life there was a situation like five years ago where it mm-hmm. was, okay, I've got a crush on this one girl, but there's this other dude here 
who's also kind of a weirdo and trying to constantly tell her, hey, guess what? Michael likes you. And I'm like, no, don't say it. And I finally figured out, okay, instead of beating this other dude up or like having a grudge against him, I'm just going to tell her that I like her. And that diffused, <laughs> that diffused all the tensions. Like it got rid of the problem. I didn't have a beef nice. with this guy anymore. And so the point was that it, it, that was a different way of fighting where I said, okay, I have to sacrifice something myself, my own like embarrassment. I have to give that up in order to either win the battle or to try to have a fighting chance here instead of um having this animosity between me and this other dude and turns out like she didn't like either of us so yay but but all that all that to say i i like how the episode portrays the moral and the way that it's so embedded within the dialogue is also really good Mm -hmm. and katrina brings up i've been referencing this throughout this review where Katrina says, it seems like from the beginning we've been plagued by one miscommunication after another. And that's true. I mean, uh, the first one where she didn't tell Eugene she was on the game show. The second episode where um, she didn't tell Eugene who Darren was. The third episode where Eugene didn't wasn't telling her his feelings for her. The fourth with the um, uh, the love letters and the, the notes and stuff. The um, Unto Us a Child is Born where Eugene uh, wasn't being, I still again, still wasn't being open about his feelings. Probably would have been better if they had both had that expectation. The turning point where she was open with him, a huge pivotal moment in their story, in their arc, where she tells him, look, I love you, Eugene, but this is not going to work because you're not a Christian. It's huge. That's communication. Yeah. And, and he ag- communicates too. Exactly. Lot, right. Right back. Yeah. And, and that's the thing of where even when you do communicate, it's a huge development for them ever since they were first introduced, but it resulted in them breaking up in the moment. And so Mm -hmm. the times when, and and Katrina says, it's as if no matter how hard we try, we can't get beyond a wall of doubt. But this episode and these events, Jason's ineptitude at telling Eugene to do this needed to happen because Eugene had to go through this process to understand what his relationship with Katrina is, how he feels about her, the maturity that he needs to have, this all had to be brought out at some points, and it's unfortunate that it was brought out the hard way, but sometimes you got to learn things the hard way. Look at where Eugene and Katrina are now. It worked out. And yep. and I, I learned from this. I learned from Paul McCusker's writing. Okay, don't act impulsively. Don't think the worst. Think the better about the people you're in a relationship with. That's helped. This example is great, and Eugene's not going to forget this. It This, like, I don't know. It takes him a whole album to deal with it, and it takes us two <laughs> episodes to get over it. And I love the conflict. It's really, really good. Yeah, I agree. And then um, Katrina says, I sometimes wonder if we have these conflicts because we're not right for each other. And, well, that and combined with the wall of doubt, what she said before is, well, you need to break through this. It's a maturing process you both have to go through. And once you work through this, think about how much more secure your relationship is going to be. Mm -hmm. And um, Eugene generally learns every time, although back in the episode where he was assuming oh man, she's got another boyfriend uh, with Darren. In this one, he's thinking, oh man, she's got another boyfriend in Brandon. It, did he learn that last time? Or Yeah, I that... don't know. I feel like here, it's a little bit more valid because yes. she says, yes, I'm dating Brandon. And it's like, that's a lot different than I have an engagement tutoring a dude. Yeah, and right. So it's different levels of mistrust that he's trying like, to get over. Like, there, it was... The lesson he needed to learn there was never assume. Uh Uh-huh. And he didn't quite learn that because he did jump to some conclusions here 
but technically right. a lot of it was informed conclusions and slightly validated like people yes. were gi- people were giving him misinformation jason right what's her face i can't remember her name janice mitchell and the uh the receptionist wedding party all of these these bits and pieces that are he's connecting together more so than naturally i assumed where he was there wasn't that information that he had to connect yeah. together he had to extrapolate it out of his insecurity and so brandon then takes this moment to say all right well let's go back to square one and I like that he does this to say, all right, you're having all these second guesses, but do you actually love Eugene? And right, he and she says, yeah. Well, I mean, in, in my heart, I would want to marry, obviously, Eugene because of these characteristics about him. And it's very sweet. And then she says, and then Brandon's like, well, that's your heart. What does your head tell you? And she says, well, I mean, I'd want to marry someone like you. That's clearly the maturity coming across. She's looking. So this here's another thing. Brandon is her mentor. I thought a lot about relationships between somebody who you were a mentor to um, or somebody who was a mentor to you and the yeah. idea of dependency there. I have sitting on my shelf here, Boundaries and Dating by Drs. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Really good book. They talk about this. I think they do about the like the mentorship where the you could mistake a mentor to, I guess, person who's being mentored relationship for a romantic relationship and that can cause problems because you're still depending on that person as your mentor whereas you need to have a more equal relationship in the dating relationship or in the marriage relationship rather does that make sense i think maybe yeah i'm saying it could cause problems like if katrina's not secure herself in her maturity and if she's like well you've been helping me with my thoughts brandon therefore Mm -hmm. we should date it's like with her and Eugene, they're already open about their feelings. They're already open about the fact that they don't they don't really know what this dating thing is. So right. they're going to try to figure it out. And with with Brandon though, I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know. It's it seems like he's taking advantage of the situation by what he then says next. Yeah. I guess here's my opinion on like the mentor thing. Yeah. I think it does depend a little bit because okay. like there's some yeah, situations obviously. where like you, let's say woman goes to uh pastor whatever someone in the church and needs someone to mentor them theologically and they're growing they're a new christian this person's been a christian for a really long time they know their stuff and because this person is teaching them, they think, wow, they're just so spiritual. I want someone as spiritual as my husband, so I'll marry him. Therefore, and yeah. And it's like, this isn't based on whether you two will be able to live life together well, because you fit really well when you work together in day-to-day activities. This is based on wanting someone theologically spiritual. Right. The, and, the relationship is based on the mentorship. Right. In that case, I would say, no, that's not a healthy... You shouldn't try to pursue a marriage based on they're a great mentor. Yeah. I think there are relationships, like my relationship with Hannah, there are areas where she has dealt with stuff in her past, and that leads her to believe negative things about herself and okay. also about like her relationship with God too. And so you're extent. helping her with that. Then, and, I'm guessing, yeah. Right? And I'm helping yeah. her with that. And you could describe it as a slight mentor kind of relationship, but because of that, it doesn't mean that we're not equals in, uh, in like so many other ways. And you could like, someone could look at that and say like, well, you're not equal spiritually because she's having this issues. And I don't see it that way. I see it that everyone has places where they can grow and, Having places where it's very clear and out in the open, like I am deficient here and my spouse is not, 
doesn't mean mean that you're not a good fit. I think it actually right. means that you're a great fit because you're able to help each other with those things. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you're, I don't know, I need to go back and read the, the chapter about dependency, but I guess mm-hmm. I like what you said about if your relationship is based off the fact that there is a difference that right. might be a problem. Right. Maybe. If that's like the main reason you're going after the relationship, not because, you know, we just fit really well in every other area, then yeah, that's an issue. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good validation for me as well. Um, In other news. So that combined with, I guess, what Katrina's going through with, with uh, doubting Eugene leads to the moment of Brandon saying, well, this... I what does he say? Well, well I think uh, Katrina first off says, uh, "Well, Brandon's like, really, really, I didn't, I didn't realize that." And uh, uh, Katrina's like, "Well, I, I haven't told you that ever before." And it's it's the we get the idea that their dynamic is pretty much ideal. It seems like it's not. Yeah, it's maybe I I'm getting I'm still getting a little bit of the mentorship vibes, but it does see seem like where Brandon was saying it's like we've been dating without really dating, and right again again both relations both people. I guess Eugene, in terms of the the raw, what worried about relationship part, and Brandon about this relationship is pretty cool part. I am connecting with both on an actual experiential life experiential right. level. Like I've seen both of this, both of these things in my life, and it mm-hmm. scares me because it's both Eugene and Brandon. I'm like, wait, these guys are at cross purposes here. What am I doing? Yeah, is this... I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, okay. I I personally got to the end of this episode, and when she said, from my heart, I want to marry Eugene, because I have this emotional past with him where I'm, like, I appreciate him and I have a fondness for him that would make me want to marry him. Yeah. And I like things like his heart. But then when she says what her mind says, that also makes plenty of sense. And, like, I actually heard that and thought, if something doesn't change, go with Brandon. Because okay. that would be what I would counsel someone to do if it were just real life. Because I would say, look, if something maybe, doesn't change, like, yeah, if something doesn't change, if Eugene doesn't mature, then Brandon is a perfectly valid, like, as, assuming that it's not that I just like you because you're my mentor. Yeah. But it seems to be more than that. They spend a, a, a good deal of time together. They seem to be sort of dating um sort of he's her mentor but it's not that he's a mentor only like right right he's mentoring her in that he's more mature as a christian but that doesn't have to mean that he's an official mentor and he's that's all their relationship is you know yeah Hopefully I'm the better parts of Eugene and Brandon and not their worst parts combined. <laughs> but another point is I think it's I'm kind of disappointed that's undercut. I need to go back and remember and listen to the episodes of For Whom the Wedding Bells Toll Part 2 where Katrina's talking to Eugene and she says I uh, they mentioned Brandon and Eugene and Katrina says I hear he's been dating a young woman from the university for quite a while or like he's been yeah. he's been dating somebody else. And that makes me think what did how did Brandon talk to Katrina about this? What was uh, is the same thing happening with him and, and her that happened with her and Eugene? And probably not. I think what probably ended up happening was she turned down Eugene, then went back to college, and he was and Brandon was like, "So open ended question, uh, will you marry me?" And she's uh, like, "Well, I told Eugene no. I think I'm gonna tell you. I don't know because I still feel like I like Eugene. And like the fact that she said my heart is with Eugene implies that she, I don't like, I don't think that's going to change. I don't think she's going to be like, well, 
now that I've said no to Eugene, I can just let my heart wander to you, Brandon. But because the heart uh, does play an issue, or it does play a part in the decision you make for who to marry. But once more, you open the door, and you're here in my heart, and my heart will go on. No, um, <laughs> I, I just thought of that for some weird reason. But I'm just you, I'm just thinking of like the really bad recorder flute version of it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you you had mentioned just a second ago, if nothing changes, marry Brandon. Mm-hmm. How would how would that affect Katrina though, in terms of her heart? Yeah, I think that's somewhere where you kind of have to decide what you want. Because personally, like here's my experience: is that from <laughs> you're going to get to hear my backstory on my remote romance life. Here Ooh. we go. Okay. Okay. So when maybe, I was maybe 13, eventually you hear mine. I don't know. You're already yeah. married, Ryan. So <laughs> <laughs> when I was 13, I developed a crush on a girl in Awana. As we all do. As we all do. (laughs) And this crush lasted until I was 18. And I didn't tell her at all. Maybe I was obvious. Maybe I wasn't. But she never seemed to indicate that she knew I had a crush on her. And we were kind of friends. I tried to become as close friends as I could because my personal belief was teenagers don't really have a whole lot of a reason to date since they can't get married. And they also can't drive. (laughs) Several things. Um, and so I just kind of said, you know what, I'm going to maintain this crush. If it maintains until I'm 18, 18, we both turn 18 and I can talk to her about it and we can see where things go from there. And I turned 18 and she turned 18 and she got a boyfriend almost immediately. Oh and no. It was really sad because one day I, I was work I was working at Chick-fil-A and she came into Chick-fil-A oh, no. and I was like, oh, that's her. And I had, like, barely seen maybe something on Facebook that said she was in a relationship. And I was like, no, maybe I saw that. Maybe I didn't. But then he came in behind her. No. And I was working in dining room. I had to serve. No. And, like, get refills, take their trays. No. (laughs) Very sad hour or so working at (laughs) Chick-fil-A. It was funny in hindsight. Yeah, you see, this is why I was like, I don't want to go through this. At age 13, I told her, hey, boom. And she was like, well, we're not old enough yet, so I'm not going to give you an answer. And I was like, okay, let's wait until (laughs) we're older then. And then I was like, at 18, she probably doesn't even care about me anymore. So I was like, okay, does this still matter? Nah, (laughs) move on. (laughs) But I know completely what you're going through, and that must have been hot. Well, now you have Hannah, so nice. Yeah, now I have Hannah. So yeah. So yeah, so I had 13 through 18 to experience what a crush felt like. Yeah. And Uh, then I met Hannah and I really liked her as a friend and she would message me. I'd message her. That's kind of how our relationship started was we met in real life, but then we maintained our relationship over messenger because we lived four hours away uh and we continued messaging and we would see each other at times where we ended up in the same place Mm -hmm. and it would be really great. We communicated really well. And I was just like, at one point, I kind of became self-aware about it. And I started praying to God about it. Like, hey, there's a lot of boxes that are being checked as far as what I would want in a relationship with someone I marry. Like, great communication. We're talking about theological concepts. We talk about, like, everything together. And uh-huh. all of that fit. But I wasn't like, it was not as intense of an attraction physically as with my first crush. Okay. And okay. there were some feelings there, but it wasn't as intense of a feeling when, like at the start. 
right now, everything is amazing. I am so intensely attracted to her. I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but is it weird that I'm seeing intense parallels to my own? (laughs) No, no, that's not weird. I'm actually glad if there are intense parallels because hopefully whatever I say can help with your situation. No, no, no. You have been extremely helpful, Ryan. Uh, Just saying. Every every bit of relationship advice is real good. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Good. But yeah, I kind of eventually kind of like I got to this point where I was talking to God a ton, just just digging into the word, really trying to grow my relationship with him because I hit a point and this was before I talked to Hannah about like whether we would end up in a relationship with each other. But I was focusing on my relationship with God because I hit a point where I was like, okay, I thought that I knew where my life was going from a marital standpoint and it got flipped on its head at Chick-fil-A. So if I don't know what's going on, God does, I need to be tuned into him and hopefully that'll fill in things. But until he fills something in, I'm not interested in pursuing my own flawed determination regarding my future of a spouse. Yeah. And what yeah. seemed to be happening was that there were a lot of yeses coming back. Like, yep, Hannah, right here. This is the person. And um, when I finally did ask Hannah, hey, um, I'm getting a lot of signals from God saying that maybe this is the direction I should go. And I'm wondering if you've heard the same thing. She had been praying at the same time and gotten the exact same message back. Wow. And that's literally the reason that we started our relationship. We weren't like, I'm so attracted to you. I'm so attracted to you. My heart, it just flutters every time you walk in the door. It was literally just, we both have been spending a lot of time with God. And uh, like, I do kind of sometimes make fun of people who are like, God told me to marry you. Like, a lot of times people say that, and it's hormones. Let's be honest, it's hormones. God didn't say anything, but you didn't have to. Yeah, I, you didn't I, have to say that to me personally, but <laughs> but I do think that there are times when God does lead us in certain directions if we are specifically focusing on letting Him tell us where we need to go. Like, we're it's not your will; it's His. Right. Right. And so that all that tying back is if Katrina. See well, Brandon can we, and can oh, we ahead. not tie back in? I was going to say uh, oh, I'm constant I'm constantly right now. I'm being pretty vague about it cuz I don't want to embarrass either her if she listens to this or right? like get to to jump the gun too much if there's anybody listening to this hearing me say this and mm-hmm. me I don't want to give any false advice false impressions here. But the the point is I'm also trying to go through this and I've been praying a lot about are these feelings that I have and are these signs that I'm seeing, are these, is it all that good? Or in a way, <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> no, but good. Uh, the check, the, the boxes are being checked for me as well. And I'm looking and saying, okay, these, these characteristics that I've had, I actually actually went and filled out a, uh, uh, like a singles uh, matchup form or something uh, like somebody on a social media site at Liberty has like, Hey, fill out, like your preferences for somebody else or like your characteristics and I'll try to match you with somebody. It never went anywhere. It was just for fun. But I went back and I looked at that recently. And I thought, wow, all, all of those ended up being fulfilled in uh-huh. a very weird way that I was not expecting. And it's a thing of where I didn't enter the relationship thinking, okay, I really want to be attracted to this person. It naturally happened. And mm-hmm. now that I, I, I feel like I am attracted and, and I, Again, like you're you're saying, like God's the way to marry this person. No, it's probably hormones. At the same time, 
I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go, but I I have been praying and thinking, God, can you show me signs that this is a good relationship? One of those is all the boxes that are being checked, and another is the rush of hormones that I got that week after <laughs> I prayed that. I was like, okay, I asked for that. I asked for that insecurity that that then followed. I was like, okay, all right, I think I'm going to I think I think there's something here. And so I'm still going through this, but it's understanding where all the signs are and where God is leading me. And that's a really fascinating process. And people like you that it I get is. to ask about advice. Yeah. And if any of you listening have relationship advice, put it in the comments. We're a safe place. We can we you can ask us anything. We'll, we'll try to give you our plebe knowledge of how relationships work. It seems to be working <laughs> well for Ryan. I don't know. I mean, my plebe knowledge. Ryan's. I mean, more two high years end. and two months going strong, baby. Oh, awesome! Did we miss your anniversary? Did did we uh, on the show? Did we have a recording near then that I could have congratulated you? I think that might have been during those forty days. Oh yeah, we weren't chatting. <laughs> Sad because <laughs> we were busy, right? Uh, engineering. Do you wanna and graphic design? Do you wanna do anything else with um or marketing, whichever one you are? Do you wanna tie it back into to yes. Katrina and Brandon? Yes. So if her brain, like if her heart says, I want Eugene, I might liken that to my relationship with the uh, person that I was, I had a crush on from 13 to 18 is that my heart was with that person. And you had to let her go eventually. Yeah. I kind of had to let her go when I realized this isn't going to work. But my mind, as far as like praying and seeing boxes be checked was with Hannah. And I had to make that decision. If this is the direction that makes logical good sense to go towards and this is where i'm praying and hearing or thinking i'm hearing god lead me towards then i have to put my faith in what i think god is doing not in what i think my heart is doing because my heart it's going to be flawed right and so if katrina thinks like this is a huge if because she just said that her mind says that brandon's good like Uh your mind can say that anyone is a good choice but that doesn't mean that's what you choose unless that's where you think God is leading you. So if she does pray and she thinks that God is leading her to take a step back from Eugene because she is that intensely, like that's how much she cares about having that trust where even when you're jet lagged, you don't jump to conclusions about this. Yeah, and here's a good point. In this conversation, God isn't mentioned very much. There's not a lot of spiritual mentioned here. And when Brandon then talks to her after she mentions, well, my heart would say I'm attracted to someone like you. I'd want to marry someone like you. He doesn't mention the spiritual and God's will. Whereas before in the episode, we heard from Brandon where he said she needs time to think and pray about it. Eugene comes back with, no doubt she'll be thinking and praying with you. But still, (laughs) that's a good good point. That is a good point. there There does need to be that spiritual connection which is partly why and i don't understand exactly where this comes from maybe this is just from a story standpoint it makes for a good cliffhanger brandon then says well i do care about you katrina and this little incident with eugene has made me realize that that i care deeply about you and this made me think well does brandon is brandon insecure and is he thinking that eugene's going to snag katrina from him by the fact that he then goes ahead understands what Katrina's going through with the fact that she's been talking to Eugene and said, we'll talk later about it. I won't rush into this. I trust Eugene. And then says, we've been close for a while. You know me better than just about anyone. And maybe Eugene wasn't wrong. Will you marry me? That's the point. That's what I'm frustrated about with Brandon in the end here. Yeah. So is is he betraying Eugene in this moment? I think... Hmm, that's a good question. I wasn't expecting you to phrase it that way. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not betraying Eugene, but it, is he being 
Is he Eugene being a jerk? Is, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's weird because it doesn't fit with the rest of his character, and that's why I mistrusted him when he came in and talked to Eugene in the first place. Because because he, he's been talking to Katrina, and because he pretty much knows everything about the controversy, and again, like I said just a minute ago, he knows what she's going through. And so putting this out there kind of sh- short circuits all of her, her thoughts about Eugene because now she has this to deal with. So yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I don't know that I would say he's a jerk because this doesn't seem like he's malicious no. in any way. He like yeah. he's like <laughs> I'm going to steal her away from Eugene or yeah, I, I even just far. I like, would call or I don't even think that he's insecure and thinks that if he doesn't act now, he won't get her. I think that to an extent, it's just that he realized how much he cared about her when he saw her be hurt by Eugene. Right. And you know, like that'll that'll open up a lot of eyes when someone you care about gets hurt. You might have previously like kind of not paid attention to the relationship, but now it's just like, oh, things are things are getting real cuz now I have to react and mm-hmm. I want to react strongly. Right. And that that tells you a lot about yourself when someone that you love has been hurt and you now the the cards are in your hands as far as what to do yeah and that was a really weird metaphor i don't know <laughs> no 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 it, it makes sense speech. the cards are in your hands <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> i'm gonna throw the cards into there no it, hey. it, 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 it does make sense but i think and part of that is he cares about her it doesn't have to be ro- it doesn't have to be romantic though right and right it doesn't have to be romantic but then he starts thinking and he says well we have been kind of dating and I don't know if he has had that communication with her to know that she has mentioned him as a dating person as well. Like, yeah. She told Eugene, yes, we're dating. Okay. Does that mean that like, cause later she clarifies, well, actually it's more like study dates. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. So is this like youth group dating or what? Communication. And- She's got to open up to him and say, this is what we're doing. Can we define yeah. this relationship? Since right. if, if and, there's something going on that could be harmful to Eugene. Yeah, and I kind of, I am operating on the assumption that they kind of realize that they've been enjoying each other's company and doing it a lot. Because mm-hmm. that's what Brandon says is we've been dating, but not actually dating. We yeah. haven't said this is a romantic relationship, but all the pieces are there. But the fact that he jumps from that to marriage is also weird. It's a little weird. I think it is definitely a part of it is like we need a um we need something here that is a plot. Again, uh, I or like a cliffhanger. Again, I think that the dis- uh, the suspension of disbelief is fine for this because the rest of this episode is flawless. And yeah, because it's so brilliant and because I can't actually see it fitting in and I can see it being possibly a shortcoming in Brandon's character. I don't know. I don't know. It feel it feels natural in the conversation because there is tension, like the music, it kind of builds a little bit in the background, just a little bit, I think. And mm-hmm. you can hear the emotion in his voice and he's nervous. He's like taking oh, yeah. breaths and sighing and stuff. Oh, this is where I'm really relating to him. Like, oh man, he's such a good guy. He's such a good dude. And yet he's struggling with this. I feel you, man. I really feel that. Right. And so I don't, I don't think that it's unbelievable for Brandon to jump to this. In fact, like, especially if he's been thinking about marriage a lot, like it says he was ordained as a minister recently. So he's got those thoughts on his mind as he's thinking about marriage and he's orchestrating a 
renewal of vowel uh, renewal of vowels vowels vowel why do i keep saying vowels <laughs> vows renewal of vows and <laughs> and that uh like does he just think okay even though katrina's going through this it's okay for me to propose to her because i don't think reasons? he's taking it into consideration i think okay like this is just a conversation where it's the conversation started with him trying to kind of fight for Eugene and pull Katrina out of this kind of I'm not talking rut that she yeah. had fallen into. Like he stopped the car and everything. But yeah. then when he said, let's take it back. <laughs> the car drives off the road into a rut. <laughs> <laughs> Explosions. No. Cheesecake. <laughs> Sorry, and go on. So, so he stops the car. And then when she says, I would want someone like you the conversation shifts yes, and his exactly. focus, his focus is not on Eugene anymore. His focus is on, wait a minute, hold on. We need to talk about this again. There might be something so, here. These so relatable shifts in conversation. Why am I seeing so many parallels in these episodes? <laughs> Tell me why, because it's, so, you're it's a so young good. man in love. That's true. I wasn't actually going to say it, but that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so therefore it makes sense to him it's dramatically i i'm seeing it now dramatically it works for him to say it at this moment because it's a good moment because there's been development between them and because it's such a contrast to the way that eugene would have proposed and the way that eugene does propose in part two spoilers and <laughs> and it's it is an incredible contrast i'm i'm looking i'm thinking about that scene and i'm thinking wow that scene in part two has really crazy parallels to this scene surprisingly and it's it's a part two that I don't know I don't know I'm I'm looking forward to, do you do you want to wrap this up here so that we can yes I don't know sooner we can wrap this up sooner we can I don't know I don't know if you all have been okay with sticking through this whole talk we've had a lot of great conversation on relationships and stuff and so I think it's been totally worth it honestly if you're hoping to get married any point in your life all you Why have to do you is leave listen us a to a two hour podcast <laughs> hopefully we we won't have drained the 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 batch of entirely things we can talk about for next episode um but honestly i want to read a, a quick comment from cheyenne uh on part four mm-hmm. of the ties that bind she left a comment saying i'm so glad you guys are covering this album it's not easy content to review but you are doing an excellent job some really important conversations are being had here and i just thank you and yes, so thank, thank you cheyenne really appreciate that and Additionally, I hope that I think this review has been so refreshing and so fun to get back into because I like these nostalgic episodes and the ties that bind was kind of, you know, I don't know what I was feeling about it, but I I'm feeling a lot better with this episode and hopefully with part two in terms of the the content that we actually have to talk about. I think our rapport was really good in this last review Mm -hmm. and um, hopefully uh, this will continue next time and hopefully we've actually said again hopefully I actually said important things so thank you all for for sticking through this and if you had any final thoughts on the episode ryan good episode i i was glad to listen to this episode like even from the very first lines like paul Herlinger's yes. voice was just kind of like i'm in my comfort zone Sorry. paul Herlinger is my did comfort ex- food did i did <laughs> i say paul mccusker i hope i said paul Herlinger. did i say paul mccusker no, I don't think you did. I think no, no, I no. Did. You said Paul Hogan. I'm pretty sure. Okay, good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I say I, I do do that sometimes, but um, yeah, just like from hearing his voice and kind of being like, ah, old wit. I liked mm. old wit, and <laughs> even from there, just like all the dialogue, all the writing, it's just so classic. Mm-hmm. And I probably <laughs> Phil Lawler's gonna listen to this. And be like, it's just nostalgia. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> 
Well, but, but despite the fact that we wrote it down when we heard the episode that the episode was good. Right. Why did he say that? That doesn't make any sense. Where he's like... <laughs> He's like, well, did, did your brain actually think that? Oh, your brain's playing tricks on you. Like, no, I actually wrote a script that has 50% of this episode in it. What are you talking about? Yeah, that was, that was, a, it's a good thing you wrote that. Just kind of good proof. <laughs> I, I wish you could read it and actually like see, oh, wait, he did actually predict this episode. <laughs> but no, I, to- I totally agree. I think that this, this was wonderful to cover and. Um, this episode didn't make my, uh, again, my top 50 rankings, but part two did. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing exactly why I put it there, but hopefully we'll be able to see that. So Ryan, if you don't have anything else to add, um, thank you so much for doing this review and I, I will talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. All right. You're listening to AIO relationships and audio news. <laughs> Yeet. Yeet.